Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you listening? Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and you are tuned in to the Black Married and Debt-Free Podcast. My wife, Shire, and I were able to eliminate six figures worth of debt, and we're all about empowering others to do the same. So on this podcast, we'll be talking about investing, real estate, early retirement, marriage, and much more. But you don't have to worry. It won't be done in the same boring format that you're used to. We're going to put a little bit of swag on it. So enjoy today's episode. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, Black Mary Death Free. I am solo on the ones and twos today. Shira is away. Uh, she's working. And for those of you who don't know, me and Shira work off shifts. So for the most part, we see each other on Saturday all day, Sunday part of the day, Friday part of the day. So, yeah, it's it's it sucks. But uh, for those of you who've been asking where, you know, where Shire has been, she's working. So, you know, I just want to be able to provide you guys with quality, consistent content here on the Black Married and Death Free podcast. So that's why um, you've been getting a a heavy dose of uh, just Marcus. But um, glad you guys are on. And today we're going to continue the conversation from last week's podcast, when we were talking about all things real estate and uh, everything, you know, real estate investing, uh, we had a lot of great questions and there were some, so many good questions that I we couldn't even really tackle them all. So I thought we'd do a part two, you know, and, uh, and finish things off, you know, have a good time and talk about it. Real estate is something that, you know, me and Shire are really excited about, uh, We've acquired two properties out of state and we're working on our third currently. Uh, So, yeah, we just we're very passionate about it. Uh, We love passive real estate investing. We believe that it is possible to do to be a real estate investor and do so passively and do so out of state. So, uh, you know, we just want to share the little bit that we've learned, you know, over the years of, of doing that. And so that's why we bring you this type of stuff on our platform. So once again, I am live. I love this live thing. I'm live on Instagram. I'm live on YouTube and I'm recording the podcast live. So, yeah, let's let's dig right in. So we have a couple questions that I'm going to read off. And then as you guys have questions on whatever platform you're viewing this on, feel free to, to type them in and I'm going to try to get to them all. OK, so, uh, well, here, here's a question that we just got in from YouTube. We'll start there. So Adrian says, what other states are hot right now to purchase? That's a good question. So all I can share with you, I do try to study the, the market in general uh, across the U.S., but me and Shire have our sights set on uh, a couple different areas. Uh, that we that we think are doing well. Uh, 
uh, we purchased our first properties in North Carolina. So we wanted to look in the Charlotte market, which is, is doing really good on the rental side. So we were looking at Charlotte. I have a friend of mine moved to Charlotte. That kind of piqued my interest. And so we were looking in Charlotte, North Carolina, but that area was was bustling very much so at that point. And it's a it's like a big commuter, a big um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, people from all over are moving, moving to that area. So that drove the market, the price of the market up. So rent was good, but the so were the home prices were very, you know, high too. So we said, okay, well, let's look at, you know, we looked at Raleigh, North Carolina, and then, which is the second largest city in North Carolina. And then we also, we looked at South Carolina, we looked at some states there, uh, but we just settled on Greensboro, which had good returns. Um, three bed, two bath for around 100000 and the uh, rent return was around $1,000. And so we said, oh, you know, that would be a good place to start. Since then, you know, we've done a little bit more research and, you know, there there are a few other places in the Midwest that are doing good. Uh, like I said, you want to make sure that where you're looking checks all the boxes as far as your return on investment, which we're going to get into. I'm going to show you how to calculate your, your return on investment. And then also, you know, the different things like the historical weather conditions and, you know, the, the type of neighborhood is a a class neighborhood, B class, C class, you know. And you just have to go through. It's different for everybody what they're looking for. So uh, to answer that question, you know, it's up to you. It's really it's really about where you want to invest. Um, we are looking in Alabama. I will share. Uh, we'll share that with you. We are looking in Alabama. There's a couple cities in Alabama that are doing quite well. And, uh, you know, we've been keeping our ear to the street as far as that's concerned. And so we have our sights set on a couple cities in Alabama. And so that'll probably be our next move. Uh, like I said, there are a bunch of states in the Midwest that uh, you may want to look into. Usually you're going to get more bang for your buck in the in middle America down south. You want to stay away from your coastal regions because those are going to be higher, uh, you know, costing regions just because you're on the coast you know it's, it's where people want to be and and so you're going to find that uh, you won't be able to to have uh, a good uh, return on investment in those areas um texas uh, i see someone asked about texas texas is a, is a place where we looked at and you know the very early stages of us wanting to get into real estate investing and texas while the margins were good in, in some areas texas has a fairly high property taxes um, thinking specifically of san antonio texas where the home prices were good and the homes looked amazing and uh, this was a couple years ago san antonio has since then grown significantly but even at that time the property taxes were very expensive they were very expensive so you know you want to look at all of those things to determine what state you want to invest in. So that was a great question, Adrian. I hope I answered your question. So we have a question from William. And William Smith says, I see you getting the properties, but how? What did you do? And how did you finance? Did you put 25% down? So I've answered this a couple of times, but I'll go through it again. 
the first property that we acquired, we used a portion of the equity that we had in our primary residence. So we paid off our primary residence and it was worth at the time around $226,000 and we owned it outright. So we, we said, okay, so let's tap into some of that and let's use our property as a bank and let's go get a house. And so we went and we purchased the first house cash outright. And so we liked that, but we wanted to, we wanted to do it again. Now, looking back, I don't know if, uh, how many of you are familiar with the Burr method. Um, that's a method that people use when you, you, you buy a home that needs work. Then you repair the home. Then you refinance the home. And you take the cash out. And then you buy again, right? You just repeat. Uh, buy, repair, refinance, repeat. And so we we stumbled on that before we invested, but we just didn't put it into action the way we, we wanted to. And so we ended up buying that first house cash. So then we were like, okay, so now we're out of money, right? We want to we want to do this again, but we're out of money. So we eventually. Uh, uh, saved up enough for a, a down payment on the second one. So the second house, we just went conventional loan, 20% down, not 25, 20% down conventional loan. And we did it that way. So that's how we acquired two, those two properties. And uh, since then, we have paid off the first house. It's done. That one's paid off. Uh, so we're super excited about that. And then we're, we're using the second house. We have a strategy for that second house where we're we're not going to pay that down as as aggressively because we're going to we got some, we got some things that we're working on, you know. We're going to we're going to share that with you on a later date. But anyway, that's what we did. That's what we did and that's how we acquired the two properties. Now, going back to the Burr method, uh, that's that's a, a strategy you may want to implement, you know? Cuz in that situation, you only need a down payment. So you need 20%. So let's say you're getting a house for $100,000, you get twenty thousand, save up twenty thousand. Um, you're getting a mark, a, a house that is under market value because it needs repairs. You go into it, you make the repairs, which can, uh, boost the equity up. And now that you boost the equity up, you can do what's called a cash out refinance, and you're gonna refi the new value of the home. Here's the thing about a refinance, though: you can only get seventy to eighty percent. Some some uh, institutions will give you 80% of the value of the home. So that's why it's important to repair the home, to buy a home that needs repairs that you can increase the value because you're going to need to increase that value in order to get all of your money back. If you get into a house where you don't increase the value and then you go to refinance, you're only going to get 70 to 80%. So you will not get all of your money back, which pretty much defeats the, the purpose of the Burr method because the Burr method to get all of your money back and repeat buy repair refinance repeat the Burr method so check that out if you guys aren't familiar with that um, it's definitely a, a strategy that you know is, is really cool so that, that's not something that we really wanted to do only because we didn't want to get into the repair game we wanted turnkey properties we wanted a property that didn't need work that, you know, we could just get in and uh, get a renter in there. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Someone says, your your purchases, how long does it take to rent them out? So with our first property, it took us about two weeks. It took us two weeks from the day we closed to get a renter into the property. So we were like super excited. Our property manager was amazing. And it, it was a it was a complete flip. I'm talking about new granite, new countertops, wood floors throughout, new carpet, uh, new, new floors throughout the living room and kitchen and then new brand new carpet in the bedrooms you know new fixtures in the bathroom it was a complete flip so that got a renter really quick it's, it was like one of the nicest homes on the on the uh, block and so we got someone in there really quick two weeks the second house um was a turnkey it was it was rent ready but it wasn't a complete flip and it wasn't a complete updated house and this is what we also learned guys and and ladies and gentlemen um, that two bedrooms when you're going with three baths a two bedroom is a must our second house was a three bed one bath and that took that took us about two months to get a renter in there and we were we weren't stressing but we were like you know we had to pay that mortgage for two months you know what i mean and uh, so we quickly realized that that extra bedroom, I mean, that extra bathroom, excuse me, is vital. Even if it's a half bath, you want to get, if you get, you got three rooms, chances are you have a family that's, that's living in there. So you're going to have people who, you know, want at least two bathrooms. So that's something that we learn and going forward is three bed, at least one and a half bath all the way because, uh, we realized that, you know, that that kind of postponed, the, you know, the renter finding a renter. So that's something we realized. Uh, but it varies. It varies. And and that's why you want to have a once again, I, I feel like a broken record, but that's why you want to make sure you have a good property manager that is working to get, you know, somebody in that property for you. You know, uh, let's see. We have a question. Another question from Adrian says uh how long did the repairs take and how much so the cool thing about the repairs and the cool thing about our property manager is they repair the property so i just just let me be fully transparent so when we bought the the first property i set up and i said you know i want to cover i want to make sure that i handle the repair so i got a uh, got a home warranty that covered all the appliances that would send repairmen out and I connected my property manager to that home warranty program that I had bought for a year and I did some research on different home warranties and you know this one was pretty good they said they get someone out within like a day or two to fix it and if they can't fix it they'll replace it you know those, those kind of things so I, I, I did that and I connected them with my property manager. My property manager said, okay, we can use that if you like, Mr. Murray. We do have handymen and contractors 
that will do stuff for us at cost, which is pretty much at a discounted price. And, you know, because they, 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 they do a lot of work with them. So I was like, okay. So, and, and, and the cool thing that I liked about that was that they, they come out within 24 hours. Whereas me going from going to, with a third party home warranty, they have to find a repairman in that area. Then a repairman has to set a schedule. And meanwhile, your tenant, you know, if their water is leaking or their toilet's broken, they're sitting there just waiting on you to, to get your stuff together. So I like the idea that our property manager would dispatch someone to fix the issue within 24 hours. So I said, OK, let me, let's go with that. Uh, another cool thing about that is they pay it up front. So let's say uh, you need a toilet replaced. They'll replace the toilet up front. And on the the next time uh, you your rent disbursement goes out, they simply take the money that, you know, they use to make the repair. So it's no out of pocket for you. And that's what I loved about it. I was like, okay, this is really cool. So, you know, you just have a little bit less on your on your rent disbursement that month because they handled the repair for you. But they didn't have to wake you up. They didn't have to, you know, you don't have to go and dip into some bank accounts that you have set aside for repairs. No, they just did it for you and it's just reflected when they when they pay you out. So I thought that was really cool. And that once again, that makes it really passive and really, you know, hands off. And that's what I loved about it. Uh, if if a repair is like crazy, like if you need a new roof, then they'll reach out to you and say, okay, you know, we gonna we have to figure this out because we're not gonna spend five ten thousand dollars on a roof for you, uh, you know, in front of you that, you know what I mean? So, but like anything under like five hundred bucks, they they would front it, and so it's been really great, man. It's been really great. So I hope that answers your question about the repairs. Um, so. Last week, we got a question about, you know, just in general about like return on investment and stuff like that. And, and I want to be sure that I'm giving you guys uh, good information. So I'm going to share with you exactly how to calculate a return on investment, an ROI on a property. And I'm going to walk you through it kind of with a, a mock scenario. OK, so let me. Let, 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 let me let me dabble in that for you guys, because I think it'll be beneficial for us to all to know that. So return on investment is a simple calculation and it's something you want to do before you purchase a property. You want to make sure, man, how much money am I getting? Is this a good return? We talk about returns when it comes to, you know, index funds and and stock market. We, we're always talking about returns there. The same thing applies to real estate. You want to make sure that you're doing uh, something that's going to get you, provide you a good return. So to calculate a return, uh, it's, it's, it's a simple equation. It's the gain on an investment minus the cost of the investment divided by the cost of investment. So I'm going to give you a scenario. So calculate your annual rental income, subtract your expenses from your annual rental income. And this is your cash flow. Then you divide your net income by your total investment to get your rental property return on investment. So now let's, I'm going to give you guys some numbers. 
because that just sounded like a lot of mumbo jumbo, right? Let me give you some numbers. So let's say you paid for a house and it cost you $100,000, okay? The house costs $100,000. You found the house of your dreams. You're like, yo, this is the one, okay? So the closing costs were $1,000. And let's say you had to, you know, do some some renovations. Let's say you had to do $9,000 worth of uh, remodeling, right? So that brings the total investment up to $110,000. So the house costs $100,000. You need $1,000 in closing costs. And you needed to put some work in the home. You needed to put $9,000 worth of work into the house. Now, this is an all-cash deal. This is an all-cash deal, right? So you're all in for $110,000, okay? You collect $1,000 in rent every month, okay? So you collect $1,000 in rent. You, you're you all in for $110,000. So by the end of the year, you've earned... By the end of the year, you've earned $12,000 in rent, right? So your expenses, now let's talk about expenses. Your expenses include the water bill, property taxes, and insurance. And the total of that, let's say the total of that is $2,400 or $200 a month, right? So your annual return was $9,600. So you made $12,000 off rent, but your expenses were $2,400. So you took home $9,600, okay? So what you're going to do is you're going to divide the annual return of $9,600 by the amount of the total investment. So your total investment, remember, you're all in for $110,000. So you're going to divide that, okay? Okay. You're going to divide $9,600 from your $110,000 total, okay? And your return on investment is 8.7%. That makes sense? So if you did those numbers correctly, you should come out with 8.7% return, which is cool. It's cool. Um, The stock market usually can get you you know you hope that your stock market or an index funds or however you know can get you around eight percent return so eight percent return in real estate is good now it's not great it's not great a lot of investors shoot for 12 to 15 percent return so that's something to, to think about um you're all in for a lot of money in this scenario and you're getting 8% return. So it's going to take you a while to get that money back. But, you know, if you're thinking about the long game, this this may work for you. This may be great. You're definitely not losing money. And that's 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 what's cool about it. So I hope that helped you guys uh, when, it, when it comes to calculating your return on investment. It's just a simple mathematic equa- equation. Uh, so just just call me asks is it worth is it worth it to uh, mortgage a home for investment because i don't have the money to buy a one hundred thousand dollar home cash yeah i mean look i I heard uh shout out to his and her money we've had them on the show uh a great great couple um they provide they have a really dope podcast i listen to right 
and they were interviewing a gentleman that was in the investment game, you know, and uh, they asked him a similar question about going into, you know, mortgaging your real estate or going cash and going debt free. And he said something very interesting. When you're transitioning from paying off your debt and budgeting and doing all those things that me and Shire have shared about, that's you're, you're dabbling and you're, you're in the world of consumerism and you're changing your narrative in, in the world of consumerism. You're, you're no longer just buying up stuff. You're, you're, you're budgeting, you're paying off debt and you're in that world. But when you transition to capitalism, you can in, in that world, you you can use debt in some instances to create wealth. And so when it comes to real estate, you're you're really shifting your mindset um, and everyone's different because you, you can get into the real estate game and just cash it out. But for those of us who can't. You know, leverage is a big thing in real estate, and there's a lot of very, very wealthy people that use leverage or use mortgage, you know, mortgage uh, real estate. So I'm for it. If, if the numbers make sense, they make sense. If you're buying a cash flowing asset that will pay itself off, I don't see what the problem is. You know what I mean? If it takes a, a little upfront money and, and it's able to pay itself off. I don't see why that would be a bad thing, you know. Somebody says 8.7 ROA is great because if you bought correctly, forced appreciation and rule of 72 creates financial independence with duplication. Yeah, like like I said, 8.7% is, is, is a good solid return. It's a good solid return. And, um, you know, there's nothing to sneeze at. Because your money is making money for you. And that's what the whole goal of this is. And, you know, here's a cool thing about real estate that I, I really love and that I, it excites me. Is that I, my, my kids, my grandkids, their grandkids can keep this thing in the bloodline. We can keep this thing going for as long as we want to. You know, it doesn't have to stop with me. Because when if, if me and Shire, God forbid, knock on wood, pass away... All my kid, all my children would have to do would be to slide into our position and and keep the thing going, and they could still collect the money. The, it doesn't have to ever; it never has to stop. So that's the beautiful part about real estate that 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 really excites us. Um, and and the same goes for you know investing in index funds or investing in the stock market. You could pass that down, but this is just like this real estate is like more tangible and sometimes people like to touch it and feel it and see it and you know what i mean whereas the stock market is just it's more you know it's, it's, it's just it's not as tangible and that's the thing that you know i love about real estate um somebody says you never really own the house the non-infinite variable here is your lifespan okay um not sure i agree with that but okay, uh, I'll just say okay to that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. How about that? You know, uh, but uh, let's see. We got a couple more questions, and then we're gonna get we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna get out of here. Let's see. Let's see here. 
appreciate you guys throwing in these questions. I appreciate you guys being on uh, with us. So let's see here. Somebody says, hey, great info. Have you guys bought an investment property? Yes, we have. We bought two uh, investment properties uh, if you weren't, if you didn't hear, hear us earlier. Um, yeah, so here's a good question. Somebody says, I live in California and I am also thinking of purchasing a property on the East Coast. My main hesitation in doing so is because I'm unsure of how to maintain a property. I don't see on a regular basis. How are you handling this? Are you working with a property manager? Yes, we are. Um, I've shared that before. We, we definitely work with a property manager and uh, they handle all the issues. They handle all the tenant issues. They handle vacancy issues. They handle evictions. And, you know, it's really passive and we love it. We love it. And the property manager is a very important piece. So, yes, we are. Somebody says, I live in Sacramento and I also invest out of state. Oh, cool. That's 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 dope. How do you deal with contractors? That's been my biggest hurdle. So. Uh, and this is J- JMC. I appreciate your question. So as far as the contractors are concerned, we haven't had to have any contractual issues yet we like i said on the front end of the podcast we bought turnkey properties so we bought properties that needed no work or very minimal work but we our property manager has access to contractors which is really cool so they have people on their staff that do work uh, i know on one property we needed to fix our fence they were able to do that there was another property where the uh, the door got kicked in and they were able to fix that um, there has been AC issues They were able to get that fixed So it's really all about your property manager and, and how connected they are Because you're really relying on them To be, you know, the boots on the ground As I like to say So that that has been our experience uh, We got some more questions in here It says, my husband and I appreciate you Where are you located? We're located in Sacramento, California The capital, state capital, Sactown um, someone says, do you prefer to buy a multifamily house or a single family house as a first time buyer? Great question. Man, that's a great question. So if I could do it all over again, you get the multifamily because you're essentially buying one piece of property, but multiple doors. And it's all about the doors at the end of the day. And while one is vacant the other could be supplementing the cost of that vacancy so you're pretty you're essentially getting a two-for-one deal if you get a duplex if you get a triplex a three-for-one deal if you get a a quadplex uh a four-for-one deal or four unit you know so i definitely if you can get that man that is that's wonderful and don't sleep on the house hack situation like i shared on the in the past podcast we had our good friends uh, the money monetizers on and you know, one of the gentlemen spoke about how he does house hacks. He has a duplex. He lives in the smaller unit and he, you know, rents out the bigger unit and lives rent free, you know, and cash flows. So, yeah, if you can find a duplex, definitely do that. Definitely. Definitely do that. So let's see. OK, We've got another question that says, how do we connect with you, Marcus? We reached out five weeks ago via email. No response. Perhaps it went into spam. 
I'm going to check my email. Uh, let me see. Thank you for the email address. I'll double check that. Make sure it didn't go into spam and I'll respond today. Uh, we appreciate all the, the emails that we get and the questions we get. We try to respond as fast as we can. Um, so hopefully it didn't just get lost in the shuffle, but I will respond to you. You guys, anyone looking to get in contact with Shire and I, email us blackmarriedanddebtfree at gmail.com. Uh, we have a mailing list that you can get to. Uh, you can look at, look at our link tree, Black Married Debt Free, you know, on link tree. And you can see all of our email lists, all of our courses that we, we are selling uh, and offering. And, you know, all of our in any way you can reach us, you know, it's all it's going to all be there on our link tree link. And we'll, I'll link this in the description of all these platforms, podcasts and YouTube and also Instagram. So. Instagram is, is already there. It's in our description. So you can find us that way. So, man, I appreciate you guys being on with us. And I just love uh, doing stuff like this. Um, yeah. Yeah, we got another question. that says, good evening. Just jumping on. Did you purchase both rentals in the same general area? Is the rule roughly 10% of the rent? Uh, let me see. Let me make sure I'm reading that right. Is the rule down there roughly 10% of the rent goes? Oh, okay. So you asked for a property manager. So great question, Frank. That was a great question. So Frank's asking one, he's asking, did we buy our properties in the same general vicinity? And the second part of that question is, do property managers usually charge 10% in that area? So we did buy them in the same exact exact zip code there the two properties are about a mile apart and we thought that was cool just because we had such a great experience with the first house we was like why would we change it up we like the neighborhood um they're like c plus b minus neighborhoods so we, we we liked them and it was cool you know the property manager and the real estate we had built so many connections in that area we didn't want to like go anywhere crazy and get a property somewhere else so we did keep them in the same vicinity and as far as the property manager is concerned, it, it's anywhere from eight to twelve percent. We I interviewed a few property managers. One lady wanted to charge twelve percent. Another lady wanted to charge ten. And the lady we got was just like so sweet. Um, a lot of people ask me, "Who's your property manager?" Ra Lu, property management. She was just so sweet, like just southern hospitality. You know what I mean? And uh, so I was already feeling her vibe. And then she told me the the, the uh, price was eight percent. So I was like, "Oh, well, well, that's a no brainer." Um, so yeah, anywhere from eight to twelve percent usually is what you you'd be paying for a property manager. So everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on all of the platforms. Thank you for checking out this podcast. We really appreciate it. For those of you who don't know, Shire and I are offering and we have created a master class entitled get out of debt and start building wealth uh, this master class has over an hour and a half of on-demand video you can stream that on any device cell phone laptop ipad we put a lot of work into this master class and we're sharing a lot of the stuff that we share on on our podcast and on youtube and instagram but we're diving deep diving deep so you want to be 
a part of this. It has been blessing people all over the world, really. Uh, we have had students in Australia. We've had students in, um, you know, the U.S. all over. So we're excited. And here's the cool thing about the class. Not only do you get all the information, you get supplemental materials and, and, and access to a lot of other stuff, but you also get to sit down with me and Shira for 30 minutes. Shira is a certified financial coach. Okay, she got her certification from UC Davis, one of the most prestigious schools in the country. And, you know, I'm just me, you know, so we take the education piece and we take the real life experience and we just just mash it up like a one big peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And we're able to, you know, sit down with many couples and and just and really bless them and, and answer any questions they may have as to, you know, how to navigate this whole debt free thing and this whole wealth building thing. So we're here to help. The class is available. Uh, I'm going to have links in all of these. But yeah, check the links in the descriptions and definitely you want to join this class if you haven't already. All right. So for Marcus Murray, I miss Shira. She was not here. My friend, my best friend. Uh, but it has been fun, you know, having you guys on with me. So I appreciate you guys keeping me company. And we're going to holler at you on the next one. All right. Talk to you later. Peace. Perfect. Yo, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. We hope that we said something that you can take away and apply. We are here to inform and to inspire. So do us a huge favor and don't forget to rate this podcast five stars on whatever platform you're streaming us. And if you want to become a supporter of the Black Merit and Death Free podcast, you can do so by clicking on the link below. That's it for now. Till next time, I'll let you guys later.